Welcome to the Mindful Bloom Podcast. This is a show where we apply the principles of mindfulness, science, and the sacred womb so you can feel calm, informed, and most importantly, confident throughout the transformational cycles of your ever-changing womb. Pregnancy and parenthood offer unique opportunities to create new patterns and practices so we can ditch the stress and anxiety and embrace change with ease. And in the process, become the best versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Clara O'Rourke, she, her, a certified doula, childbirth educator, and complete nerd about all things pregnancy, birth, and mindfulness. If you're ready to get some tangible strategies, aha moments, and a good dose of calm and grounding energy, stick around and I promise you'll enjoy the ride as we learn and evolve together. This is the Mindful Womb Podcast. The absolute best form of birth prep is the kind that prepares you to have the most positive possible birth experience, regardless of whether birth goes sideways or the unexpected happens. And more importantly, it's the type of birth prep that optimizes your chances for a healthy birth experience. In this podcast, I'm breaking down how to have a positive and empowering birth experience, even if your birth plan goes out the window. This episode's going to be very powerful because most people make a few key mistakes during their birth planning that really set them up for disappointment and can really make or break their satisfaction with their birth experience. So I'm going to unpack those mistakes and tell you what to do instead. Let's dive in. So many people do not take birth prep seriously. And so they either have a, well, I'm just going to wing it mindset, or they believe that they're going to have tons of hands-on support from the medical staff when they actually go into labor at the hospital, which is actually not the case. Or they don't think preparing for birth is that big of a deal. Maybe they don't know where to get started, or they're just getting way too overwhelmed. And so they've hit pause on birth prep indefinitely. And I get it. Birth's unpredictable. So why would we plan for something as unpredictable as childbirth? While birth is natural and it's a normal physiological process that our body has a hormonal blueprint for, birth prep is important so that we understand what's happening in our bodies and how to work with the sensations of labor, how to navigate an imperfect medical system, which most of us are giving birth in. And the negative impacts of delaying or not preparing for birth has a lot to do with exactly that context, that we're birthing in a pretty flawed medical system, and there's a lot of interventions and decisions that get presented to you, whether you want to make those choices or not. So when we think about, well, I'm not going to prepare for birth because it's unpredictable, well, can you think of anything else that is unpredictable that is worth planning for? Like, think about pilots navigating stormy flights. Do you think the pilot says, well, the storm pattern is unpredictable, so I don't think I'm going to plan for this one. I personally don't really want to get on a flight with a pilot who had a mindset like that. That sounds terrifying to me. And if that was the case, I'm pretty positive most people wouldn't be flying and boarding airplanes. So what would happen if they didn't have a plan or even a few contingency plans. So I want you to think about birth in 
this idea of planning for a storm that can be slightly unpredictable. So knowing your options and different ways to manage those scenarios can be an absolute game changer. So when you take birth prep seriously, you should gain a good understanding of what happens in a typical childbirth and what variations of normal could look like. And not only does this understanding help you know what to expect, but it can provide you reassurance when you're in labor. And birth in a hospital setting, like I mentioned earlier, comes with a lot of choices and interventions. So it's helpful to understand all the common interventions that are recommended during labor, as well as the benefits and risks associated with each. Now, you don't want to be waiting for the last minute or when you're in labor to be making these decisions or understanding what the benefits and risks are. Because when you're in labor, your brain enters altered states of consciousness and it's really hard to make definitive decisions. But if you've already done the prep work to understand what your options are, it's a lot easier to make those choices if they're presented to you, if things change during labor. So research on the satisfaction of physiological childbirth shows that the following factors influence a person's satisfaction with their childbirth experience. One, the knowledge of the childbirth process. Two, utilization of non-medical pain relief techniques. So whether or not you're planning on using medical pain relief, there will be a good chunk of labor where you're going to want those non-medical pain relief techniques because you either won't be admitted into the hospital yet, or even if you are planning an epidural, it's great to be at least six centimeters dilated before you get it to really make sure that things are progressing and on track to move forward seamlessly before getting anesthesia. Four, making sure you have active involvement and maintain control in the process of childbirth. So this means you are in control and have agency over the experience. And lastly, maintaining and creating a quiet ambiance is also one of the most essential elements to having a satisfying childbirth. So take each of these components into consideration when you're preparing for birth. And like we mentioned in the previous episode, it's worth taking a childbirth education course so that you know the foundations of what to expect during labor, what common interventions might be presented to you, all of the non-medical and medical pain relief techniques are there. And honestly, your childbirth education course should also include advocacy. Advocacy is a huge component of making sure that you feel like you are listened to and have maintained control over the childbirth process. We never want anyone to feel coerced or pressured into anything. You're the authority over your birth experience. And sometimes the way things are phrased in the hospital setting or just how the system is structured, not everyone necessarily feels like that is their experience and what's afforded to them in their birth experience. So the second mistake I see people make is believing that you should be asking your healthcare provider for all the answers to your pregnancy and birth questions. Now, I understand that most of people who are assuming this, you know, it makes sense. Medical professionals, they've gone to school for years to study medicine. They're specialized medical professionals. They've been taught how to navigate really complicated situations in labor. 
And I think we have also been taught in society that birth is a dangerous medical event. So doesn't it make sense that we need to ask medical professionals all questions about birth? And lastly, let's be honest, it's also easier to just narrow down your focus and listen to one person. It reduces the need and responsibility that we need to take of looking up different answers or getting different opinions from different folks. So I want to highlight that in this mistake, what we're not considering is that it's not about only asking your doctor for answers during pregnancy. It's about consulting various birth professionals so that you have a team approach to your birth planning. OBGYNs play an important role. And as we mentioned earlier, they are trained to mitigate risk and often they're focused on ensuring the optimal health for you and your baby. They're experts in interventions and those interventions sometimes can even save lives. And due to this specialty, they are scanning the horizon to see if any risks present themselves that are worth mitigating. While this is a crucial member of your birth team, there's a lesser focus there on the patient experience and patient satisfaction. And many health professionals may not have seen unmedicated physiological birth, or maybe they don't see it frequently because there's such a frequent use of interventions in our medical system, in the maternity care system. Therefore, there are very few. OBGYNs who I would say are experts on supporting an unmedicated, uninterrupted birth experience. It also takes about 15 to 20 years for the most recent evidence to be regularly practiced in a medical setting. So what this means is there are a lot of well-intentioned people working off of outdated information and working in broken medical systems with hospital policies that also don't have up-to-date information in practice, in their policies. So you've got to approach your birth experience from a team-oriented perspective. Childbirth education courses, so finding a great childbirth educator that is evidence-based can help give you the information you need to understand your options for birth and what decisions or different preferences are really important to you. They can give you information and resources to help you make informed decisions and even have those conversations with your health provider about your options. Many childbirth educators are covering ways to feel comfortable throughout labor as well as how to advocate for your needs. And moreover, you might consider really making sure that if you have a partner or someone who's supporting you with birth, they're taking that childbirth education course with you, that there's a focus on partner integration, and that they know how to support you in having a positive birth experience. A doula can also be a great addition to your birth team. They are committed to ensuring that you have a positive birth experience. They help you cope during active labor, and they can support you by providing evidence-based information, advocacy strategies, and hands-on continuous support throughout labor. There is a lot of evidence behind taking childbirth education courses and getting doula support in improving and optimizing birth outcomes. So I like to think of this as baking. You need salt, you need flour to make bread. Without one, it tastes like crap. Without flour, there's no bread, right? There, it's complementary. And so it's important to view all of 
your team players on your birth team as just that, a team. Another nuance here is that a lot of times people actually don't choose a provider who is supportive of their birth preferences, which means they might be listening to advice from someone who's not fully honoring or supporting your values for birth. And I cover this in depth in my programs, but it's important to be very intentional when you're selecting your care provider. So the absolute best form of birth prep is the kind that views birth as a team effort where the birthing person has the key assistance and assurance they need throughout pregnancy and birth to have the best experience possible. So assembling a truly supportive birth team is one way to feel grounded if things get challenging during birth because you feel like you are getting the most accurate, the best information from all of these players to support you in having an amazing birth experience, even if you need to pivot. Now, the last mistake I see people make when preparing for birth is putting a lot of focus and weight behind certain birth outcomes or believing that positive birth looks a certain way. Well, I see two ways that people typically look at this. One is someone who's really worried about being disappointed that birth doesn't go according to plan. So this might be someone who's avoiding doing any birth prep or doesn't want to make any key decisions because birth is unpredictable, or someone who has a very clear view that a positive and good birth looks a specific way. And I see this happen a lot when people really associate cesarean birth or surgical birth as a negative or bad experience when it comes to birth or some kind of failure. And while Many people know that there are a lot of unnecessarians that happen due to the over-medicalization of birth and non-evidence-based reasons for recommending cesareans. It's really created this stigma that cesarean births are negative, like they're a negative birth option. And I even remember when I first became a birth worker and took my first doula training, I had a belief that cesareans were bad and a cop-out and a failure as my part as a doula, not advocating for my client's rights adequately. But the truth is sometimes a belly birth is going to be the safest and best interest of both the birthing person and their baby. And while the need for it is really uncommon, it's still an evidence-based and truly informed decision to make a cesarean birth in certain circumstances. And this can be the best option for someone. But if someone is having a cesarean birth and needing to make these decisions, even if it looks like it's going to be the best option for them, well, if you have in your mind that belly births or cesarean births are inherently bad, unnatural, or have some sort of negative connotation to them, regardless of how necessary they might be, how supported and gentle they might be, or how sweet and intentional it is, you might walk away really discouraged, disappointed, feeling like you were a failure, like just because you had a cesarean birth that you couldn't have a good birth experience. And this happens when we attach meaning and value to a specific version of what can take place during birth. One of my past clients had hired me with great intention for having an unmedicated, uninterrupted birth experience. 
and in her pregnancy faced very severe interuterine growth restriction with her baby and ended up needing to have a planned cesarean birth. Now, she had had some trauma in her view of cesarean birth because she was born via cesarean. Her mom had a very traumatic birth experience and I believe needed to have her ovaries removed and her uterus removed due to hemorrhage after birth. And so the association with cesarean birth was extremely negative. So we had done a lot of work together to prepare for a lot of variations of what birth could look like, always having some contingency plans and backup ideas and preferences depending on how birth goes. That's how I always work with my clients so that everyone feels informed and grounded regardless of how things go. But we spent a lot of time and there was a lot of emotional work we needed to do to unpack the fact that it wasn't a cop-out. It wasn't a failure on her part in any way to need a cesarean birth. It was going to be the safest and best option for her and her baby. So for having spent so much time believing that a certain version of birth, like a cesarean birth, was negative, it took us a long time to process through that. And she ended up having a really beautiful and supported cesarean birth and a great recovery. But we did need to do some mindset work to view cesarean birth as a very okay and beautiful way to birth her baby. And I also have a client right now. I'm supporting her with her second birth. And during her consult, she had shared that her first experience was really challenging for her because she had been planning a home birth with a midwife-supported home birth. And towards the end of her pregnancy, she really had to change plans and have a hospital birth due to some fetal complications. And for her, this was devastating. She had a negative association with the hospital and was really looking forward to this experience. And while she reported that objectively, she actually had a really amazing birth experience in the hospital, everything she wanted went well. She was very listened to and supported along the way. She felt really disappointed and upset and like her birth experience was robbed from her. And she ended up struggling with postpartum depression because she was so upset with how her birth experience went. And she reported to me that she's looking back on it now and attributes her negative postpartum mindset and depression and experience and her disappointment to the rigidity of her vision of what a positive birth could look like. And so when we start to look at an outcome or a scenario as good or bad, we limit our ability to experience joy, empowerment, and bliss in the spectrum of experiences we might experience when we give birth. Even when we focus on wanting maybe the medical staff to act a certain way, or we put our energy and expectations on others that we can't control, these are all things that can set us up for disappointment. So it's really important that whether you're planning or envisioning anything for your birth, that you don't get disappointed in finely marked details or mapping out approaches and outcomes that are an indicator of a positive experience. What a mindset that views birth as positive or negative based off of certain things happening or not happening, what these mindsets fail to recognize is that a positive birth experience is not actually about outcomes. Like we had mentioned earlier in the episode, a positive birth outcome has 
a few key factors. It's making sure that we were knowledgeable about the birth process, that we knew how to manage non-medical pain relief options. We had active involvement and we maintained control over the childbirth process and we had a calm and supportive birth environment. And beyond that, we need to make sure that our mindsets are in a good place so that we don't have judgments over birth being good or bad when they look a certain way. When we put our energy and focus on how we want to act and feel, we open up ourselves to a broader spectrum of positive birth experience because these factors are in control. And the truth of the matter is that birth is unpredictable and there will be elements out of our control, but there is always a way to control how we're involved in our birth experience and the mindset we bring to our births. When we adopt a non-judgmental mindset to birth outcomes while maintaining trust in ourselves to manage the unpredictability of birth, we're able to maintain presence in our experience, which is essential component to having a positive birth experience. So you might be asking, well, Clara, what if birth goes sideways? What if things don't go according to plan? Well, if you follow the steps that we've reviewed today, you optimize your chances of having a positive birth experience. Knowing your options and planning for the unexpected and learning those skills to cope with pain and advocate for your needs is essential. Assembling your supportive birth team. So This means, yes, finding a supportive medical provider, but then adding to your birth team. So who is your childbirth educator? Is your partner prepared? Maybe you hired a doula. Maybe you have a pelvic floor therapist. Maybe you have a chiropractor. Maybe you have a massage therapist. All of these people are part of your greater birth team, but who's going to be there during labor? Who's going to be there during birth to support you? And lastly, embracing a non-judgmental mindset and the other key elements in mindfulness, such as trusting yourself. Applying the principles of mindfulness to your birthing experience will help you stay grounded, help you stay more present. And so no matter what challenges you might face, you're able to face it with ease and calm instead of fear and stress. These are such crucial components in order to have a powerful birth. And that's why they are the foundations of my program, A Pathway to a Powerful Birth. And I take my students through each of these steps so, and in so much more detail so that they have a positive and powerful birth experience, no matter if things go a little bit funky during their birth experience. You can check out more details about my programs in the show notes. But it's so important for you to know that you can have a positive birth experience if things do not go according to plan. Yes, birth is unpredictable, but it's still worth planning for. And planning doesn't necessarily mean we're planning for a specific outcome, but we're planning to make sure that we feel informed, empowered, and powerful every step of the way. I'm wishing you and your growing family the most lovely of beginnings. I hope that you found this information helpful and I wish you a powerful and amazing birth experience. Thank you for tuning into the Mindful Womb podcast. If you're new to the show, I want to encourage you to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
And if you haven't left a rating or review for the show yet, that's the absolute best way you could support the podcast. Go ahead and click rate and review, leave a review, and don't forget to take a screenshot. You can upload that at clearlightbirth.com slash review, and you'll see a link for that in the show notes. And in return, I will send you a free gift. So submit a review, submit a screenshot, and submit that to clearlightbirth.com slash review. Thanks again for supporting the podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.